This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb. I am Rich Levine. It is late Tuesday night. The Celtics are up 2 on the Raptors. A perfect 6-0 and in the playoffs. Marcus Smart is not of this earth. We'll get to all that in a second. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter. That's at Winning Plays Pod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to Bet Online. Uh, B Rob, a lot to talk about here. I think first and foremost, we got to start with what everyone is talking about. Shemi uh, Ojale, a team high plus seven. <laughs> the game too. No, Marcus Smart. Uh, what, what was the uh, 16 points over three minutes and four seconds in the fourth quarter? Uh, Celtics turned an eight point deficit into a one point lead, and then eventually. Uh, I was going to say go home with the win, but go back to their hotel rooms with a with a two zero Leo and the Raptors. Uh, thoughts on Marcus to, to to start this off? I mean, that really was. I mean, we I mean we've we've grown accustomed to at some point you stop getting surprised by what you see from Marcus Smart, but but even by Marcus standards tonight was special. Yeah, I mean five threes in three minutes is special for Steph Curry, um, much less uh, Marcus Smart. So. Um, we have to start there. And there was a, a Steph Curry comparison in his post-game press conference, so we have to make sure that's out there. But by who? By, did Marcus no, just like – no, no, no. Just some of me, like, what does it feel like when – I think from Nash Tatum was it look like when Smart looks like Steph Curry. And you can't really, you can't really fight for that question because that's, that's what it looked like over that stretch. Um, so I actually went – I already watched – I watched this whole run when this happened, this 29-9 run, Rich, where they um, – it looked like they were dead in the water and they, you know, turned things on its head. With some Starting market. when? At what point in the game? Is so it, is that it was, it was, coincidentally, it was right after the smart field flop. Um, that's when the run started. When he tried to, you know, when they called the offensive foul and Nairis had to challenge it um, because he ran into Siakam and it was clearly just him flopping. And so they got a three-point play out of that. But from that point, over the next 10 minutes, it was 29-9 Celtics. And 16 of those points came from Smart. And it wasn't anything crazy. I guess the best part about the run, Rich, I think, like, there were no heat checks in this run. They were just all good shots, um, mostly created by Tatum. Um, in what it, way would created? Just, just by him, him getting most of the attention from the defense? Exactly. I mean, this is how Toronto's played all series in terms of just bringing two help defenders – in the neighborhood and Tatum now is showing off these like one hand full court cross court passes that found smart or someone else wide open. And, um, and speaking of, speaking of full court cross court passes, let's just give a special shout out to Marcus's uh, pass off the, oh, off the, back off the, uh, <laughs> the shot clock. That was wild. The I've never seen that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so Tatum, so- He's, he, he's, he's swinging it fast. He's, 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 he's not holding the ball, that's for sure. No, he's not. And, I mean, career high, six assists for Tatum in the postseason tonight. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, Smart has to make them. And he, you know, used the pump fakes, used just the guys cheating off of and doesn't hesitate. And for all – for the years of frustration from Celtics fans about him, you know, being a little too confident in his shot, um, nights like this where he didn't have it going for those first three quarters and then – Bam, he's just five of five in three minutes. And, and you talk about the no heat checks, right? So he hit, it was uh, 7.55 left in the fourth quarter when he has the four-point play, uh, when OG fouled him. 
to give the Celtics an 86-85 lead, right? Right. So that's at 7.55. Doesn't take his next three until 5.48, okay? And that, that was a mess. Quickly turned around. I think Grant Williams got the offensive board. Tatum ended up hitting a three off the offensive board. Right. So you don't really even blink at that missed shot. So that's 5.48. The last six minutes, last five minutes and 48 seconds, he does not take another shot. Right. And that's, that's the perfect Marcus Smart game. That is in that lineup when, you know, Kemba was resting at the end of that fourth quarter and it was Tatum and Grant Williams and Tice, guys who I don't even think like looked at the room in that game, much less took a shot, which is fine, which is like, okay, this is your, your job is to get rebounds and play D and, but someone's got to hit open threes and smart was that guy in this game down in crunch time. And that ultimately proved to be the difference. And I guess if we're talking crunch time, maybe we should give a little little love to to Kemba because we can't give him love for much else uh, for the first the first three quarters of the game. But when it came down to it, fourth quarter, and this and we and we talked about this a little bit over the last couple of weeks, where it's like all right. And Kemba talked about this after the game today that typically his entire career, if he has a game like he did in the first three quarters, forget a playoff game, any game, right? Uh, his team is is down too much for it to even matter by the fourth quarter. But now with this team, when we're talking about Kemba in many ways as potentially a third option between after Jason and Jalen, uh, this team can can afford Kemba to put up a stinker for three quarters as long as when it comes down to it and what you rely on Kemba for is for those those few minutes. Sometimes it's only a few shots uh, in crunch time. And and tonight he, he, he stood up and took care of business. He did. Those weren't easy shots and they needed all those to, to obviously hold down the Ford down the wire there when, you know, Jalen was, you know, everyone else was kind of missing a little bit down the stretch there. And, but Kemba got a separation and he didn't get down on himself. And I think another big thing is too rich. Like he, he brought the D all game. He brought the defense. Like he was, didn't let the bad shooting kind of like take him out of focus on that in the floor. And so he was able to watch other guys hold down the fort for him until he took over the show late. I mean, are we going to – I guess we, we should take a, spend a little bit more time on this game. But, uh, I mean, Jason Tatum. <laughs> well, it was like was, – was that just like – how uneventful 34 – it was like, oh, yeah, he has 34 points. Like, of course he does. Well, you know what it is. Are we it's at like that the, point now? It's like the Dame Lillard 30-plus game where you don't realize it because, you know, Dame lives at the foul line. And in a game like this, when Tatum's with 14 or 14 from the line um, – it's <laughs> he's gonna get his and that's what we, we've talked about that all season too but now you you look at his playoff averages six games now for Tatum in the playoffs the, the 2020 NBA playoffs 27.2 points 9.3 rebounds he's up to a full three assists a game um something I noticed today other than other than uh so of players that are still active in the playoffs right so take care of uh, get Gobert out get Whiteside out get uh, Miles Turner out no one that is still alive in the NBA playoffs has blocked more shots in the playoffs than Jason Tatum. Wow. Uh, him and him and Tice are, are tied for first, both with nine blocks through six games. Um, he is a complete player. And, and again, and I, and I saw you tweeted out, uh, you know, he had the late technical and whatever. I mean, we can argue about whether he even deserves a technical there. I know the Celtics didn't put up a stink about it, but his defense throughout the game, but also in that, in that last possession too. Where, where Van Vliet has the has the potential game tire, uh, Tatum's right there. Right, Nick Nurse, how does he not call timeout there? 
I know you. I know the the case for it is like, yeah, you don't want him to get fouled because they were down. They were down three, correct? They were so down three. They had, so, so the Celtics they, would foul him. They would foul him. But they got. I mean, the rebound with like eight seconds or so, and so I don't know. Like I, for as much as you worry about the getting fouled right away, I also don't feel crazy about Van Fleet trying to shoot over Jason Tatum with the game on the line, like in transition, like that's just not sure. how you want that game to end. I can agree with that. And again, it's like one of those things, like if, if Van Vliet somehow hits the shot, Nick Nurse is a genius for letting his team figure it out on the fly. Right. Uh, you know, but you know, I didn't, I didn't mind the look, especially when, when like, like we're saying, I don't even think they get the look if they take a timeout because then the Celtics are going to start following and then becomes a, a foul shooting contest. And uh, you know, the rap, how many, Foul shots that the Raptors even ended up taking in that game. So I know they didn't shoot a. They didn't shoot well, Nick a foul Nurse was complaining about it after the game. Nick Nurse is definitely trying to work a, a, a some, gonna get himself a fine after his comments from that game. I feel like complaining about really. It. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but he was, you know, being like, you know, Jason Tatum has as many as our whole team, which was close but not entirely true. Um, yeah, nineteen free throws for the Raptors. Um, I think like how many did they hit? Did they hit more than it's sixteen of sixteen of nineteen? Okay. Tatum was fourteen of fourteen. Celtics were ninety-two percent from the line. Kind of a sneaky underrated part of that win. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's just I, I get when you have you know the mayhem or whatever of um, a situation like that down three just to get a shot up. But when it takes when you're playing a great defensive transition team like the Celtics there like I don't know I guess I'd rather be like you know draw something up to get them at least a decent look when you have a few seconds to work with but it's hey, a fun thing to debate. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? <laughs> All right. So real quick, hey, Bureau, sports keep coming back. Sports are back. Uh, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. Major League Baseball is finally back up and running this summer. They're in full swing, and there's no shortage of ways to get on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And as sports return, BetOnline has sat down with Eddie George from the NFL, seven-time NBA champ Robert Ori, Harold Reynolds from Major League Baseball, to get their opinions on what it's like to be playing without fans and what they're calling the fandemic. Uh, visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. BetOnline, it's your online wagering experts. Uh, two, and I don't know if, you, if, if there were any updates on this yet, and I tend to think not, but uh, Robert Williams is butt and uh, Jalen Brown's, was it, was it a knee? His knee, the, yeah. The, so any, anything after the game, anything that you've heard or anything that we can? No, it wasn't even asked about because Jalen came back into that game um, after that knee collision late. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's certainly something, both of those things are something to keep an eye on um, moving forward in the series. Because Williams did not, why not Rob Williams came back and played, but he, he was not the same player. Yeah, you know, he, he right. at first, but he was not, he wasn't the, you know, he, was, he was probably still the best athlete on the court. Right. But, you know, he wasn't two times better than every other guy no. out there. I mean, you we didn't we didn't get to talk after game one. I just I want your your I want Rob Williams analysis right now, please. Um from you. I mean he's a, I mean if Marcus Smart is now the best player uh in the NBA, I think Rob Williams is probably a close second. <laughs> um but no, I mean, it's just it's just so cool that and you talk about a team, right? 
and and the trust that Brad has in these guys and the relationship and the the communication that must exist. But for but for him and Ennis just to so so seamlessly switch places, right? And and Cantor clearly understood coming to this series that he wasn't going to be playing. And there's no, you know, he was tweeting after the game tonight how much he loves this team. Like there's no, you know, he he gets it. And I think he knows that that in the next round, I mean, maybe he's not going to play as much against Miami. Who knows if if they beat Milwaukee? I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll talk about that in a second. But that's that's so funny that it's such a possibility too. Sure, but I mean. I don't know. I mean, and even even when Rob Williams, he hasn't played his best the last two games, right? He's made a, his fair share of mistakes. Even when he's not at his best, and there's there's talking about the present day, and then you see him hit hit the jump shot uh, that he did tonight. You see him shoot foul shots the way he does for the most part. I think this is a guy that might have some three point range before it's it's all said and done. Yeah, what are I mean, thoughts on that? it's kind of crazy to think, but no, the the jump shot has come along in a hurry here. Like we joked around that he hit a couple in a couple of the uh, like scrimmage games, um, but now he's hit at least three or four in you know meaningful situations, and he doesn't look. It, I mean, it's awkward, but it's it it looks like a decent form. Um, despite no, the form was great. The touch looked decent. Like he's a guy, and again, like who cares right now because he's not going to be shooting threes this season. Yeah. But uh, just just looking forward when we talk about like the place that he might have in this team, like because you talk about the core. I mean, right now Kemba. Who knows what's going to happen with Gordon? But like, but Kemba, Marcus, Jalen, and Jason. And at some point, it, I think it's fair to, to to talk about you know Rob Williams whether he's like the future starting center or just just what he's going to be capable of. But as of right now, it's just, it's great. And again, I think everyone was a little bit bummed to, to see how he was used in the Philly series. And you can't really complain when there was a, it was a sweep, right? Right. But for him to, to be able to come out after that and for him not to get too, too down in the dumps, to come out and still contribute in the way he has these first two games, like it's, it's just fantastic to see. Yeah. I mean, he saved their, their butts in the first quarter because they were coming out flat and he just – is instant offense it seems like in the pick and roll out there and with the putback so you know i mean just clearly next i was gonna say if if they i don't know i know that they they did the special like awards for the for the bubble for the playing games yes i don't know if they do like an all if they'll do like a special all playoff bubble team if robert williams somehow gets a vote i think we can trace it back to doris burke (laughs) yeah she's been all i mean we all we love we love Time Lord uh, here uh, on this podcast. I know all of Celtics Nation for the most part loves him, but I'm not sure if anyone loves him no. as much as Doris Park. It's great to see on a national broadcast. It is. She does her research, and that's appreciated. <laughs> um, yeah, another. I do want to touch on another Williams though from this game, and another sneaky good move by Brad. I felt like going to the the, the Grant Williams Tice front line in that fourth quarter. During that twenty nine, yeah. What did run. you, what did you so, see out, out of that? When you were rewatching, how did they, how did they affect that run? So, offensively, not much besides setting good screens, but that stuff matters, obviously. Um, Grant Williams got the big offensive rebound to get Tatum the three at the end of the run, and then I thought another very sneaky, good rookie move by Grant was like he had an open corner three off a kick but he, he didn't even think about taking it and pass it to Smart for his fifth three. 
Like he, like just the, just knowing that like where to go with the hot hand in that situation. I feel like it, the probably the right shot for him to take was the corner three, but he didn't even think about it. He was like, all right, I'm just, I'm getting rid of the spot of the guy right now that has it. And it's, it paid off. It's so Marcus's like, world. But defensively, the, the Raptors shot three of 21 from the field during that stretch, Rich. And Okay, and what kind of shots were they taking? So they missed a couple open threes for sure, but a lot of it was just good contested stuff. And Tyson, Grant Williams, um, they're versatile. They contest well at the rim. And, yeah, they commit fouls, but they weren't committing shooting fouls in this situation. So it wasn't really hurting them. And that was enough, like, for as good as the three-point shooting was, it was the defense that was just as big in that run because Toronto really lost all momentum there and couldn't get couldn't score when it mattered. Yeah, and just like just lo- looking at Tice talking about Tice again, that was I don't think that was his best game. But you know, obviously played one, the whole fourth quarter. No, 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 did no he really? Shots. No shot attempts. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is crazy. But again, he's still doing. He still had three blocks. He still had nine rebounds. Right. Um, he's not taking bad shots. He's only taking five shots. He hit, he hit his one three-pointer. Uh, you know, zero turnovers for Tice. You know, he was having some trouble catching the ball there for a while in game one. Yes, he did. And still, I mean, you know, there, there was plays, I think there was one great pass that Tatum had that I think Tice ended up getting fouled on the floor. Maybe I'm misremembering mis- mis- that. But um, just, 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 just solid. Again, 30, 30 minutes there, only eight – it's funny that Grant ended up playing more more than than Time Lord in this game. Yeah, because he played minutes to eighteen minutes. Right, because he again he went and this is a credit to Brad in terms of like that third quarter. It just you know the Time Lord was probably hurt or just not feeling the same. And um, Ojale, we had seen what he didn't want to really risk more three point misses in the second half, so he didn't really get a chance there. And Wanmaker was given a quick hook too when the Raptors got their offense going. So. Um, you actually look at, if you look at best two man defensive units on the Celtics all year long out of the high usage ones, Grant Williams and Tice are number one on that list in terms of their defensive rating together. So that's it was, well, clearly, clearly Brad knows what's up. Right. So exactly, just like a space, like a, a random combination like that. You wouldn't think like, okay, yeah, they, those guys aren't going to play much together. Double bigs against the Raptors. Like, no, that's not really a look, but in this situation while it triggers the game winning run right so i mean certainly that doesn't happen without smart shooting and tatum being absurd but um i actually like i wrote a little bit about it on the boston sports show today just like stuff like that like brad's just brad's in the zone right now he's hitting all these right buttons over the course of these games and it's doing it against a guy like nurse who is probably your toughest coach you're going to go against this postseason period um it's he he's uh he's on a hot streak at the blackjack table right now <laughs> yeah and that and that's really what is in the, in the same way that like a lot of the hot streak at the blackjack table is totally bullshit and like isn't and is like beyond your control the same way if marcus smart doesn't have score 16 points in three minutes you know or maybe we're talking about how nick nurse you know outdueled brad tonight right you don't know so so i guess moving forward like that's you know my question for you is like what is it take and I, I didn't catch the the end did, did you make an a, an adjusted uh prediction in this series like what's it going to take for the for the raptors to make this a series so do you know what's so guess what the percentage of teams that come back from a 2-0 deficit 
I saw your tweet and I was, I was going to mention it. it's like 93. So, so it's 7% nice, or something. Yeah. So 7%. Six point something. Which I honestly thought would be higher. Um, like now what's the percent on a neutral court that have come back from doing that? Yeah. Well, but, that, but that's the thing you imagine it's harder to come back on a neutral court, right? Because, because most of the teams you figure they, they, the teams that have come back got to go home when they were right. down two zero, or who knows, maybe it's teams that went, that, that went down right. 0 two. So Nuggets went, home, came right? back from where they, was that three, one, they weren't down two on that series where they, they probably split the first no. two games, went yeah. down three, one, and then came back. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't know. They, this puts Toronto. I mean, Toronto was the last team to come back. They did it last year against the bucks from two Oh, um, there is an important person missing from that team right now. And I don't know. It's just, I don't know what you do if you're Nick Nurse right now. He, I thought he might get preemptive with some or is proactive with some of these switches adjustments, like maybe benching Gasol and going small. But the problem is Norm Powell has sucked in this series. So that doesn't really like answer any questions for you just because he's not, you know, providing the offense that he normally gives that team. Yeah, and I feel like he, like like Norm's a lot of time he's the guy when someone when someone else is down he steps in like and I'd be, I be I could be wrong on this I don't know how many great games he's had when the rest of the starters have been healthy you know yeah, like like, like in that bench role but again I mean he played he played thirteen minutes tonight yeah he just I mean he's a he was minus twelve right thirteen minutes <laughs> he was on the floor during that run that's for sure um, yeah he just hasn't you know if he's not hitting shots he's not doing much else for you he certainly isn't helping you much defensively compared to the rest of that group. And so, I mean, it's like there's for as good as those guys are in the regular season, it's now when defenses tighten up, it's, I don't know where you turn to here for offense because that's the bottom line here is this team isn't scoring in tight spots um, against tight defense late in games. And I don't know, I mean, game one was pretty much over, but they couldn't, find easy offense down the stretch either yeah and i guess on one hand you look okay so through through two games uh siakam is one for seven from three uh lowry is one for 12 and then obviously fred van vliet is is five for 23 yeah um obviously if if that stays true if that doesn't change this could be a sweep um but i don't think it's i don't think it would take much more than that so again, like like tonight, if, if those guys hit a few more shots, you know the the maybe <laughs> again and and Marcus doesn't doesn't transform into whatever we want to call that. I've never seen anything like that before. Um, you know, it's a different story. This is a one-one series, and you got to figure the the Raptors have whether you believe in momentum or not. They they maybe even have the edge. But it, it could it be as easy? And we said like a like it's a make miss league as as the Raptors just stepping up and hit, hitting a few more shots. Yeah, I mean that they're certainly missing some clean looks, um, and that's the law of averages that they will start to fall at this point. But I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you know when you have Kemba starting the game like two of fourteen and Smart being miserable and not much else going for the Celtics, and the Celtics still they're just hanging around all these games throughout the postseason, even when they have these bad stretches um, from pretty key parts. And so that just tells me that like, yeah, the Raptors are going to get a game or two here, but I just think 
winning four and five um, is not insurmountable entirely, but this, they just haven't been able to do it against this team all season long, not just a series, but just all year long. And that's, um, it's tough to think that that's going to change in the next week. Yeah. It's just, I don't even know what they can do. Cause again, like you, you could say, Hey, place Ibaka some more, but 27 minutes for Serge Ibaka is about what he should be. Play. Right. I think that's about what he can play. Um, and maybe you roll the dice with, with Terrence Davis, right? I don't know. Like if, if he can give you a little bit of a extra pop, if Powell's not doing it and like, but other than that, like there's, you know, it's funny. We talked about how, how we felt that the Raptors were, were a deep team, but now you get to this point and you're like, ah, they don't really have many options. They really don't. It's, it's kind of just the situation where they rely a ton on their best guys. And when those guys like Siakam, I don't know. I just don't, I haven't bought into him. I mean, he's kind of been on a downward slide since the first half of the season anyway, but he doesn't look like an all-star to me. Like, certainly not a playoff all-star. Like, certain guys like Jalen, I mean, we talked about this before series, like Jason and Jalen have been able to kind of maintain their level over the years in the postseason. And Siakam hasn't been that guy in the last couple of years and certainly isn't right now. Yeah, it's like you think about how much time over the last handful of years the Celtics have spent focusing on how to stop Giannis, like in a playoff situation. Right. And if you can, and if you can come anywhere close to, to, to controlling Giannis in a playoff situation, you can, if you want to implement anything like something similar to that strategy against Siakam, like that's like you know, it's like playing all Madden and then going down to rookie. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's it, it, it 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 seems a lot easier. And again, we don't want to sleep on him too much. Like he had a great season, clearly. And again, again tonight, like seventeen, eight, six, three steals, a block, only one turnover in 43 minutes. Clearly the scoring is not there. Uh, he's trying to, to find other ways to contribute, but um, you know, and, and he came out strong tonight. Like he came out, he's, it seemed like he was going to try and take control of the game, but it just never really materialized. Yeah. He, that, yeah, it was definitely a very hot first half for him. And you know, press like OG impressed me a lot tonight. Um, I was just going to say, is there any chance that he now becomes like, He's now the Siakam to Siakam's Kwai. I know everyone's going to be talking about how he's, I mean, he's still what, only 23 years old. Yeah. And he was obviously out during that last year's postseason. So he's been kind of flying on the radar, but he was drilling those corner threes. Um, he's a hell of a defender um, when he's not making dumb fouls on three point shooters. And um, yeah, I mean, that's a, Again, a guy that could go either way, but that's a pretty promising like fourth or fifth option for your lineup um, if he keeps on this progression. Yeah, he plays like a little bit of like a Tice role for them, like sort of a Swiss Army knife, except he kind of does everything, maybe except for shot blocking, and kind of does everything a little bit better. Yeah, he really does. So, and I, I mean, how much do you think the ankle situation is bothering Lowry in the series too, in terms of like his production? I mean, you don't, he, he doesn't seem to be moving anywhere. It's like he's playing, he played 40 minutes tonight, so they're certainly not holding him back. Right. Um, but again, no, someone, someone put this up, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sorry for, for forgetting who it was on Twitter tonight, but like, you know, someone talked, they were talking to Lowry after the game, and he made some sort of joke about, you know, Marcus Smart hitting five three pointers in the, in the fourth quarter. Like, you know, what are we supposed to do when, that, when that's going on? But then they posted, you know, the last few years, Smart's been a better three point shooter than, than Lowry. Yeah, 
I mean, that's it's, it was close. It was like 36 to 35, but it's not like Kyle Lowry. And he, listen, he's an all-star. He's an NBA champion. He might, you know, get his number retired in Toronto by, by, by the time he's done, but he's not a great three point shooter. No, and he never really, I mean, he's improved over the course of his career, but it's, it's certainly been a long road for him from that standpoint. So um, yeah, it's, he clearly isn't getting the looks that he gets in the regular season anymore. Um, that's for sure for pretty much everyone on this team, short of like OG um, and Ibaka. And who, who's been ha, has Tatum been on him? What's what's been the the defense on on Lowry? Yeah, it's been mostly Tatum. So that's again a credit to Tatum in terms of what he can kind of you know shooting over Tatum, shooting over those long arms is not easy, and Tatum has just really been a pest um, all series long against him and that assignment and that is i think you know you're cutting off the head of the snake in that situation for this team yeah so what do you think so what 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 what, are you ready to because it's so dangerous this is still a really good raptors team and it's so easy to just like get just just fly with whatever whatever direction the wind's blowing you know and everyone assumes now the Celtics are going to the to the finals and the raptors suck and all that but it's not going to take a lot for the Raptors to, to crawl, to crawl back into the series. But what do you think? Like, so, so game three is on uh, Thursday. Game three is on Thursday. Um, Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm expecting the Raptors to win that game. Um, Just in terms of averages. I think some threes are going to, they have to hit some threes in one of these games. And I feel like that's, you would think so. You would think Um, they, they missed a lot of contested ones, but they also missed a lot of open ones again. So you would think that's going to have to even out at some point, but at the same time, they've, I mean, they've struggled on offense in Orlando the whole time. So maybe it's just one of these teams that just don't, you know, whether it's being thrown into tough spots in the Orlando And then last year, again, without Kawhi, they really struggled to score all postseason long too. And pretty much, like that entire game seven against like the, the Sixers was just throw the ball to Kawhi and let him do his thing. Cause we can't do anything else. So now you might just be seeing what most team people thought this team was going to be before the season was, which is a fun team, but not one that can seriously make noise in the playoffs. We got a Gordon update. I heard that he, he's maybe on the verge of returning to the bubble. Is this true? Yes. So that's, there were no specific dates put down and it sounds like four weeks return to play seems very ambitious according to Stevens, um, which is a surprise from when it, from when when it was, was yeah, from when he was injured. So like we're at the two week mark essentially now, two week in a couple of days. So I would think realistically, like maybe late in the conference finals, if that heat bucks game goes deep, um, I wonder at some point, are they going to wait to start the East finals much later because the West, you know, semifinals is so far behind with these series. It's like, you know, the Celtics Raptors are going to play three games before one of these series out West gets even started. So you I would think, think you have to, right? You think you'd have to, but maybe it might be a thing where they just want to fill the TV windows and then you're going to have a long wait before the finals for whoever makes it out. So I don't know how that's going to work, but hopefully – from a Celtics standpoint, that 
they do have to wait it out there and then you could realistically have Hayward back for uh, a conference finals assuming you get there. I say for a game until he has to leave for the birth of his son. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, we'll see. The timing on that should be uh, should be tough to say at least in terms of, I mean, you feel bad for the guy given – Oh, it's tough. How this while we're talking about up. while we're talking about annoying annoying injuries, uh, did you feel like the the knee tweak had had anything to do with with what we saw from Kemba today? Sure, yeah. And and because he didn't look, it's not something like like the eye test. He didn't look at him and say, "Oh, he's dragging that knee," or maybe he's not one hundred percent. But like, you know, you see the way he played, especially the way he'd been playing for the the handful of games before this, and it's it's fair to wonder. So what do you? Uh, I'm thirty eight minutes, so. Again, I don't. I don't think if the if it was the knee that the Celtics would fuck around with that, right? right? It's not worth forcing the issue right now to potentially lose to to then for all the work you did to get to this point where Kemba Walker was as, was was feeling as confident and as strong with that knee. You don't get crazy and then start going in the other direction. I wouldn't think so. No, not at all. And so, I mean, they're not practicing on Wednesday. Again, getting up. Like sweeping the Sixers in that first round, you know, any wear and tear you can save might be big in the big picture for him in terms of making it through this postseason grind. Um, so again, the game, you know, winning game two is huge for a thousand reasons for the Celtics, but I think potentially making sure this series doesn't go the distance, um, you know, you have a much better chance of that happening now with that. And then you, get some extra rest for Kemba um, when you really need him next round. All right. Any, uh, any closing thoughts? Um, not real. I mean, like, I think we covered everything. Jalen, we didn't really talk about. Um, I don't think there is too much to talk about. He did a solid job in Siakam. Um, four turnovers. Yeah, there's nothing. I don't know. Like I mean, eight, eight rebounds, three steals, two blocks. Like he's he's active. Obviously, he's right. He's active, he's playing, playing through a little bit of of an injury for sure. It seemed a little bit funky, um, but yeah. Again, this is one of those games. It's crazy. Like you would think that that uh, you know Kemba plays the way he did. He only gets sixteen points from Jalen, regardless of what he was doing on the defense. Um, it would take a a superhuman effort from Jason Tatum, which is you know thirty four points is. Is again, it, it seems sort of just average for him these days, but you, you can't underestimate how insane that is to for to just go out and and do that at this level. And then it takes a performance like you got from Marcus Smart, even if it was just in that that three minute spurt that that changed everything. But hey, that's uh, that's all people. Oh, at the end of the day, only people are going to remember the final score and and that spurt. It doesn't matter how they got there; it's a win. They're up two zero and. Uh, you would have you would have taken this when when we started these playoffs. You say, "Hey, the Celtics are going to start six six and zero against the Sixers and the Raptors." Um, what can you say? Best case scenario, uh, I don't want to say only can go down from here. You can keep up this pace, a, a smooth 16, 16 and zero on the way to the championship franchise record six in a row to start the playoffs. I guess so. I saw that tied the eighty five eighty the eighty six yeah. Celtics. That's pretty good company, right? Um, all right, well, we'll leave it at that. We'll be back. Uh, after uh, what could be a make or break or will be a make or break game three for the Raptors on, um, on Thursday. Um, loving these early start times. 
Yeah, so, still, I mean, it's, it's it's past 1 a.m. on the East Coast right now, even that that's even with the early start. Right. We'll take that. So uh, so get get some sleep. Rest up for uh, rest up for game three. All right, we'll do our best. Uh, hit us up at Winning Place Pod on Twitter at Rich underscore Levine at Brian T Rob. Um, plenty of stuff on the Boston Sports Journal this week as well. And make sure you check out Mike Pina stuff at GQ. Pumping out. I think a nice interview with Jared Dudley today. That got a lot of traction. Yeah, got a lot of nice, a lot of traction, a lot of yeah. traction. So uh, make sure give up the good work, Mike. Exactly. Check check him out over there, and we'll probably be hearing from him. Um, when he has a spare moment during this series. So in the meantime, uh, read us, review us on iTunes or wherever you find us. And we'll get back with you guys after game three.